In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come quickly, we pray, Lord Jesus, and do not delay, that those who trust in your compassion may find solace and relief in your coming, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. That was the prayer from yesterday morning. December 24th has its own special Mass, separate from the the Masses of the evening, Christmas Eve on December 24th. We find ourselves in that nighttime hour when the birth of Christ is described by virtue of the shepherds being described as having been keeping the night watch when the angel of the Lord appeared to them. For the past several hours, in fact, for the past several weeks, we've been looking forward to the birth of Christ in the future tense, eager to celebrate, asking him to come, But it's not only now at the Midnight Mass that we speak of his birth in the present tense. Listen to these words and try to think where where in the Bible they come from. And the choir is not allowed to cheat. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. For a child is born to us, a son is given us. Upon his shoulder dominion rests. They name him Wonder Counselor, God, Hero, Father, Forever, Prince of Peace. You've already heard that twice this evening. Sung and also proclaimed in the first lesson. 800 years before our Lord was born. The Lord's prophet, who speaks on behalf of God, describes our Lord's birth in the present tense. A child is born to us. A son is given us. For many Christians, even believing Christians, the birth of Christ is an historical event deserving great veneration to be remembered and celebrated, and for good reason. For the Christian who permits this mystery to penetrate into their heart, not just their mind, The birth of Christ is not in the past. Christ comes to us. Christ is given us right now. A few days ago, we celebrated a Mass in the last hours of the 
fourth watch of the night. None of the electric lights were on, just candles on the altar. We'll repeat it next year, don't worry. We didn't advertise it widely. It was something that really was inspired by the Holy Spirit and the prompting of a few good souls and made especially beautiful with the generosity of a few, especially um, especially good people. Next year it'll be on December 18, 2019. You can mark your calendars, 4.30 in the morning. And just to make it obvious that it wasn't just for a few select people, but for anyone who wanted to come and anyone um, who knew about it, it was posted um, publicly. And I have to admit, to my surprise, it generated a negative comment. And it, not, not a parishioner, it, no one I've even really met, for that matter. But the comment is telling and worth sharing. Something along the lines of um, these types of things being a distraction and, and we can't be caught up too much in the senses and, and, you know, God is spiritual and therefore worship should be spiritual. Well, my friends, tonight we celebrate that God is made flesh. God has taken to himself our human nature. And the shepherds went to a manger and found a baby in swaddling clothes who is God, the Word incarnate. God insists on our seeing his face and hearing his voice and being venerated and loved and obeyed. And he comes to reveal that being made man, male and female, flesh and blood, body and soul, is also how we will be in heaven, as revealed by his resurrection. God will be worshipped in heaven by the angelic created spirits for all eternity, as they have been worshipping him, the good ones at least. And after the resurrection of the dead, God will also be worshipped by human beings, body and soul. The resurrected body is a, is a beautiful mystery, capable of walking through walls and eating fish. There's another day set aside for that mystery. We, we even ring bells during the glory. It's beautiful. You should come back. Today is born for us a Savior, Christ the Lord.
a few days ago at a baptism, the, the words jumped out of my mouth. The idea probably had been rattling around in my stupid brain. And maybe even the words had come out of my mouth before, but I'd never heard them this, just this way. It's customary, actually, before a baptism for me to introduce the ritual to people and to point out the, the beautiful um, and startling, perhaps, detail that the priest speaks to the infant many times. And for someone who is unfamiliar with these sacred rites, whether they be 40 years old or 500 or 1,500 or 1,800 years old, it actually isn't that strange at all. I'm pretty sure when you pick up a brand new baby, you start talking. You don't say, I'm going to wait several years until you can understand me. Then I'm going to talk to you, baby. I'm pretty sure you start gushing. Basically saying one of two things, how, how beautiful she is and how much you love her. And God does the same thing. God speaks to you, always has been speaking to you about how beautiful you are and how much he loves you. Those who are witnesses of the baptism will need to tell the person what happened at their baptism. If you're an infant, you don't remember it. But, but this, this was the, the, the additional message that came out of nowhere. It'll be great if you tell this youngster, teenager, young adult, or elder, how God created them in his image and likeness and beautiful, and that God loves them so very much. But when you inform people of that, it might enter their brain, but it probably doesn't sink into their heart unless you're able to tell them at the same time, as though you are God's prophet, how beautiful they are to you and how much you love them. That's, that's what moms and dads do. as prophets speaking on behalf of God. And so the birth of Christ, preceded by who knows how many thousands of years by the promise to the serpent that God would put enmity between him and the woman, between his seed and her seed. And preceded by a thousand years, the promise to David, 
that his son would reign forever. And by 800 years, the prophet Isaiah, who speaks of it as though it's, it's, almost, it's already happening, God the Father is always, already, speaking to His only begotten Son how beautiful He is and how much He loves Him. And we will have to read several pages of Scripture and wait 30 years till the baptism in the Jordan So the voice of God the Father comes down saying, this is my beloved Son. And as more people have ears to hear on the transfiguration, this is my beloved Son. The love of God the Father, begetting God the Son, and the union of Father and Son and the Holy Trinity is one, eternal, without beginning, without end, union of love. And because of the incarnation, God not only speaks to us, of how beautiful we are and how much he loves us, he invites us into this union which is divine. And the union is never simply one and another. There's always a mission You are given this message. To proclaim the love of God. And so in addition to the other tasks that we described on Sunday, right? Don't be a jerk, be kind. Avoid unwelcome topics of conversation. Bring up something good to say. As a Christian who celebrates Christmas, who understands the love of God, that then has to be what you communicate. To reveal to another how beautiful they are to you and how much you love them. Because there are too many people who have simply heard about it and don't believe it. It's been information. But when on behalf of God, as prophet, you proclaim his message, It might be what makes them begin to believe that this is all true.
It's a very quiet night. The Holy Spirit comes down as the dew. The Son of God comes to us as a baby. And the God and Father of all speaks of his love in a whisper. Come quickly, we pray, Lord Jesus, and do not delay. That those who trust in your compassion may find solace and relief in your coming, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.